This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Super League this season, um, perhaps the last match day, we don't know yet, uh, it doesn't look like it right now, of course, so we're recording this in the midst of the coronavirus um, pandemic, uh, we don't want to spend too much time talking about it, but unfortunately it's an unavoidable subject, uh, we know that of course people want to listen to a podcast to escape from that kind of stuff, but uh, it, it's playing a big role in the, in, in the football world right now, uh, so we, we, we will have to speak about it. Uh, my name is Kam Bayezet, I am joined today by Jakub Marufolu, who's joining us from the Netherlands, and Umut Nadiri, who has just traveled back to Turkey, he's not locked into Boris Johnson's uh, Let the Disease Just Spread uh, United Kingdom. Uh, Umut, how does it feel to be back uh, home, so to speak? Well, it's quite unfortunate to hear what he said about the incident because, like, uh, even my dad, who is a doctor, said, like, that's not a, even a solution. Like, because uh, even if you uh, uh, recover from the disease, mm-hmm. it can retake you again. But because, like, uh, it doesn't always uh, have the immunity on you so usually uh, you you become immune to a virus once you've had it but it it hasn't been proven that if that is the case with the coronavirus so uh, because like it's been like mutating Mm -hmm. uh, again and again time after time so uh, when i was in my uh, university in my dormitory room uh, we heard some news about some guy or a girl, they didn't uh, give the name out uh, to us, but just a male came to us and said, there is a case in the campus, so beware. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah, and then uh, a video gone out uh, viral in Instagram, uh, some uh, hazard suit men cleaning and disinfecting the kitchen and the, the kitchen is a common room which all the uh, you know flatmates use yeah. together yeah, so yeah, yeah. they were like spraying all over the place and I was like scared uh, at first and two days later they announced that the case has been increased to three like where the hell am I living now whoa <laughs> then well, it's basically like the flu too, of course. Every season we have a new flu season and a fl- the flu is a virus. But people seem to get that again and again. And it's because, of course, every season there's a new uh, form of the flu. It's not the same one. You do become immune, but 
um, yeah, the, the next season there's just a, a different mutation. Uh, obviously, uh, we aren't doctors, but as you said, your your dad is a doctor. My uh, my my dearly beloved is uh, is a, <laughs> a lab technician, so she deals with the kind of stuff every day on a daily basis. In fact, she is a, not today, but uh, they have different posts in their job, of course. But she she's dealing with uh, uh, the potential corona samples to check whether somebody has corona or not, stuff like that. So uh, it's it's it's. Uh, yeah, it's something I'm. I'm definitely being brought in contact with every day, uh, hearing about you know what kind of stuff is, and you, it's a lot. You know, uh, I'm not going to. I'm not, I'm not allowed to disclose anything, but the the numbers that actually test positive is relatively small. But yeah, you know, it, it's 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 aggressive. It's pressed quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, Jakub Holland, what what are they doing? What's happening there? Uh, no lockdown, as far as I understand? No, currently there's no lockdown. Um, the Prime Minister, Mark Rutte, went on TV a couple of days ago. I think it was two days ago. And everybody, pretty much everyone, um, expected to country the lockdown. Since, you know, all the neighboring countries, um, Germany, um, Belgium, France, are all in lockdown. But you know, I, I, you know, the Dutch have a way of being really uh, aloof with everything. Yeah, they're so, doing something similar to the UK, right? They're doing the whole uh, herd uh, protecting mentality, so to speak. Let the healthy people, you know, the the young viral people get it, so that uh, the the disease stops spreading once they grow immune. So to as a shield, as a barrier, I believe that's the type type of phrasing uh, Mike Rutte used uh, against. The, the virus, um, yeah, it's a. Uh, this is exactly what they did in the Middle Ages with the with the Black Plague. <laughs> it's, oh uh, my god! And with the well. Ebola as well, no? I don't know about Ebola, I, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's very very weird. I don't know what the right uh, solution is, but uh, anyway, let's let's talk a little bit about football. Of course, in this uh, tumultuous uh, situation we are in right now, some big decisions came out today. UEFA had a big meeting with all fifty-five affiliated uh, football associations, and the they came to the decision to move Euro twenty twenty to the summer of twenty twenty-one. The Euros will be played from between. June 11th and July 11th in 2021. Um, yeah, good news for Turkey, I would say, you know, with all the big injuries that Turkey have. Mary Demiral, of course, Cenk Tosun. Um, we have a couple more big injuries, if I'm not mistaken. So um, definitely not bad news in that regard for Turkey. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's going to be weird not having... Yusuf Yazıcı, huh? Yeah, Yusuf <laughs> Exactly. We have how many pl players do we have on long term uh, injury on the long term injury list? Is that just those three? Dokan, I think. But no, Dokan is about to return. Isn't Ozan it? Kabak. But no, Ozan. Kabak Ozan was just short term, right? That was yeah. only. Yeah. I, know, I mean, the man. biggest one is just Mary. Yeah. Yazıcı. Uh, you know, Yusuf and, and, and some Yusuf. kind Abdul Kadir Emir as well. No. No, he's back. He he already played like two games. Yeah, but you said he was injured again. No, it was uh, it was supposedly the, the a different foot, and it was more of a, a precautionary change than it was uh, than it was like a like a big injury. So there and, isn't, there isn't uh, as 
Uh, as Ozer asked in Twitter, uh, what will happen to the contracts as they end during the first day of June? And uh, as the games are postponed, what will happen to those contracts? Are they players will be like just let go of the team? Well, uh, I don't know if you remember a couple of seasons ago. For some reason, I don't recall the reason exactly, but we had to play uh, past the 31st of May um, and there was no issue. I don't remember what the reason was, but I do recall thinking, oh, wait, you know, the, the contracts end on the 31st of May. What happens to those players that are free agents then? But that well, that, that went by without a hitch. Uh, obviously now, um, depending on if, if the, the league gets delayed or something, uh, maybe we'll have a, a longer, uh, yeah, longer uh, pause uh, and, and then... You know, I mean, if we're, if we're speaking about, let's say, a month, that's not a big deal. But if we're speaking about three, four months, that's obviously a big difference. And uh, what will happen to the World Cup as well? Because, like, in the 2022, mm -hmm. yeah, that's that being will played be a World Cup as well. That's being played in the winter, in January, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I guess that's not being moved as, as of winter? now. How? Well, that's the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, and they're moving that to the winter in January. That's the plan, if I'm not mistaken. So, so like, uh, it'll, it'll be postponing uh, just the winter after the Euros. Winter after the Euros, so basically six months after the Euros. What the hell? Yeah, I mean, the games were going to be the games were going going to be played in the winter, anyways, because you know Qatar is being Qatar is really hot in the summer, and you can't have them play like. In, in July or, uh, yeah. or or even a little bit earlier, it was like 50, so, 45, 50 degrees Celsius. So. Yeah, so yeah. the official official website um, says like twenty twenty first of November till the eighteenth of December, and I remember a lot of people, you know, um, wondering out loud what 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 the um, what the football federations were going to do, since it's like just about um, during the winter break. Um, but it seems that we are going to have like a a, um, a precursor to it with the euros being all whacked up at the moment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's going to be uh, kind of interesting. An interesting uh, year for sure in football. Um, Turkey, the last league standing, so to speak. Uh, every league across Europe has now shut down. Uh, they have been paused. They're there's no clarity yet on what they are going to do. Are they going to just cancel the the season, crown a champion, crown, don't crown a champion? That's not been decided. It's not clear yet. Uh, Turkey, however, still going. Uh, in fact, we had a match tonight, a makeup match from match day 21 uh, between Gustepe and Çaykur Rizespor. And of course, this weekend we had all of the match day 26 fixtures. Um, one player in particular wasn't too happy with having to play under these conditions of the coronavirus, John Obi Mikel. He made a statement on Instagram during the weekend um, outing his frustrations, understandably so. And then today, shockingly, we got the news that his contract with Trabzonspor had been has been terminated due to a mutual uh, understanding between the club and the player. Um, obviously, he played on the weekend against Başakşehir. Big loss for Trabzonspor. Um, Mikel had been an important figure. He had a slow start, but he had really grown into the team, became a key component. Jakub, how do you see this affecting uh, Trabzonspor going further in the last eight match days, if we get to see those, of course? 
it's just like a dumb move overall. Um, I don't know what the reason is. If, if, if the reason really is that he thought that um, it wasn't safe to play with Corona uh, going around the whole world. And, um, you know, from what, I, from what I've heard from different sources, one of the sources says that um, because, of, because of the virus going around, he's, he has been a little bit um, unmotivated. And he has been a little bit moaning and uh, complaining it during during training. And uh, Aula, you know, doesn't want this to spread to the other players. And they mutually agreed to let him go. The other one that I've heard is that um, he has been living in Turkey without his family. Uh, as, uh, for, for us, as far as I know, his family is in London. And... Um, he he went to his manager and told them like, listen, dude, I really need to be with my family right now. You know, they are pretty scared. I'm pretty scared. And um, they went to the board, and the board said, sure, you know, um, you did you did what you have to do. We mm-hmm. will agree to to make you happy. You know, so it's it's it, it's a little bit unknown, depending on what you want to believe and who you want to believe. What what really happened? Um, it's unfair to see that a lot of so-called fans are, you know, trying to say that he wasn't any any good at all because I think that he was one of the better players in the league um, when he was in form. He he really started the league in a bad way, but uh, especially the last couple of weeks, um, our midfield has been uh, has been not that good. And every time that he played, you could you could at least have the confidence that defensively we would be okay. Um, I don't know what we're going to do now, you know, with uh, with him gone. I don't know if um, how many more matches Ndiaye and Sosa can play concurrently. Um, I think that Abdelkader Farmak is going to get into the squad once again. I don't know if that's a good decision, but it's probably this, the decision that we have to make. So we'll see. Let's hope. Yeah, and both of those situations seem plausible and, and they can go hand in hand. I could definitely see him uh, wanting to be with his family and, of course, not being happy in training. So it's potentially, uh, you know, just both stories could be true. Um, I don't think that you can fault Obi Mikel for this. It's, it's very understandable. This is a very weird situation that nobody uh, from our generation has ever... Uh, or, or and I don't think any generation really. Uh, I I don't under, remember a pandemic like this in in uh, the last one hundred years. Obviously, we had, uh, you know, like I said before, like stuff like the Black Plague and and such. But this is really an unseen situation, and um, you know, for young people, the virus isn't that harmful supposedly although there are people who are having some uh, se- severe uh, pneumonia as a, a result of uh, the virus uh, even people in their 30s and such but those cases are relatively rare but it's you know of course the loved ones you know if you we all have uh, maybe an, an uncle or a, a, a dad a mother um, a grandfather a grandmother who has health conditions and Maybe it's not so much uh, an issue for you yourself, but if you have it and you pass it on to them, it might be fatal for them. And obviously, you know, footballers are also just people, just human beings. They have the same fears and, um, yeah, worries that uh, any other person has. So I don't think you can condemn uh, Obi Mikkel for this. And I also think it's a very human um, 
and and res uh, a decision that should be respected from the club if it is uh, something they did on, on upon the request of the player as long as it's not something like oh this guy is just moping around just get the f out you know as long as it's not something like that this is not an ego thing where you know the the, the bashkan is flexing his muscles so to speak uh, which I don't think it is, by the way, um, then I think this is a very human decision that should be respected uh, from both ends, with Trabzonspor for letting a crucial player go in, in, in a potential uh, league-winning season, and, of course, uh, the player who is uh, rightfully uh, worried about his family and loved ones who should always come in the first place. I mean, if it's really because the, the, the league, you know, isn't postponed, I think... Um, the TFF should be really be held accountable for this. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if it's really just because that they want to have like an extra match week, you know, the the, the, con the conspiracy theories all over are like, okay, well, wait until Trabzonspor drops points and somebody else becomes uh, number one, and they'll they, and then they'll drop the uh, they'll postpone or cancel the league and declare whoever's first the the leader. I think that's a little bit too far, but it's just so 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 annoying to see that. You know, something like this could be easily prevented by saying, like, okay, we're going to act sensible and just postpone a goddamn league. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just a break. Even if you just say, look, two weeks, we're going to see, we're going to assess the situation, how things progress in the next two weeks. And, you know, probably <laughs> things aren't going to, things are going to get worse before they get better. Uh, in this kind of situation, but you know, there's the least they could do. Just pause it for a couple of weeks. Let's see. Let's get our bearings. Let's see what the, what the situation is like. Are there any infected players? Uh, stuff like that. Uh, because who knows? Maybe like we're seeing in Italy right now, where um, you know uh, we had a player for, for in Juventus that was infected, and and he infected a bunch of other players, and now there's uh, loads uh, loads of players are being are infected right now. Uh, Thirty five percent of of the total staff of Valencia in Spain is infected. So, uh, you know, it's not just the fact that it's unsafe for fans; it's also for the players themselves. So, um, yeah, it's it's. I'm not a fan of the league continuing, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, let's quickly talk about the Europa League. That's the one match that was still played with spectators. Bashakshi here on Thursday against Copenhagen. Ironically, uh, I think probably the first time they ever sold out their stadium right before um, yeah, the, 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 the ban for fans, so to speak. Uh, no more fans in the stadiums allowed after that. Bashakshi winning 1-0 through an Edin Vizca penalty in the 88th minute, giving them, of course, a good position going into the second leg, if that leg ever gets played. That was, of course, supposed to take place this week. Uh, on Thursday, it was uh, on the 19th, it's, it's uh, scheduled to take place, but obviously UEFA announced that they would postpone indefinitely all Champions and Europa League matches. Um, they also did announce today that the Champions League and Europa League finals will be played at the end of June, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so they are still planning on going forward with the tournament. We'll have to wait and see what the specifics on that are going to be. Um, but nevertheless, great result for Bashakshi here. We have to talk a little bit about football. It feels a little weird, but it is a great result for them. Um, they should have probably, could have probably scored one or two more. Um, but at the end of the day, they keep a clean sheet. They score an important, crucial goal. And uh, they uh, going are going into that potential second leg, if it ever gets played, with an, uh, an advantage, one little advantage, guys. What did you, uh, did any of you catch this game? 
Nah. <laughs> How about you? I actually just for- forgot about it because I thought it could be delayed. Yeah. Okay. I I actually did watch the match. Um, it was uh, interesting to see uh, Vishakshi here with a full stadium. Although you know, for these European matches, we uh, often also see... uh, I I just caught the last uh, like fifteen minutes of the game uh, where Edin Wischa took the penalty, and yeah. I witnessed also the uh, the stadium was also full and how uh, Istanbul. Uh, Population just supported Başakşehir in a mm-hmm. European game, yeah. and and I think it's because of the how uh, Okan Buruk's mentality came up to this point, uh, and how did he uh, put his team and uh, programmed his team to win these kind of hard games. Mm-hmm. But we have seen this in the past as well with uh, Başakşehir's European matches that Besiktas Galatasaray. Fenerbahce fans also go to the stadium to support Bashakshi here in Europe. Uh, something that we used to see a lot of in European matches in the past too, where you know the the the, the Ucho Derbükler fans would go to each other's matches at least uh, on the road. But we're seeing less of that, I think, now nowadays. Uh, maybe also because uh, the the fans are trying to keep the tickets exclusively for uh, their own fans, <laughs> which is understandable. Why do I keep putting this? Oh. Also, uh, last time you were criticizing why Başakşehir gave penalty to Eden Wischer to take because yeah. you weren't actually comfortable enough for him to be composed enough to take a penalty that late at mm-hmm. the stage of the game, which will define the uh, winner team. Yeah, I stand uh, by that. I would still go with Dembaba. He 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 took it pretty well actually because. I'm against that point. <laughs> yeah, but this wasn't uh, a penalty with massive pressure on it. This was not a penalty that could... Uh, this wasn't the same thing as the one he missed against Olympiacos, I think. I still think you should let Dembaba take these types of penalties. But, you know, Edinvisha is the captain. He has scored his uh, last two crucial penalties like this. So it's understandable they continue to let him take it. But if it was up to me, I would always let Dembaba take it. He is a proven... Uh, goal scorer from the spot he is able to keep his uh, keep a cool head uh in uh in uh yeah the dying minutes uh, as he proved uh, against the tottenham for bishiktesh was it this game that uh, the mbaba uh, just uh, missed a goal just by one meter of the line uh, where robinho crossed it yeah yeah yeah, yeah that was this game he also uh, won the penalty by the way yeah uh and Robinho just uh, made a impact just after he gets subbed in, but after that he was just invisible on the field. I don't know yeah. what he's doing. But you say he missed it. I mean, it was a hard cross, a hard low cross, and he just couldn't get his foot. I on think it. Robinho he just intended to shoot there, and he missed quite by quite a lot in the end. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, great result for Bashakshi here. Let's get into the Super League quickly. Uh, two really big matches at the top of the table. Important matches at the top of the table, of course. Both ending in draws. Trabzonspor Bashakshi here did not see a winner. And Galatasaray Bishiktas did not see a winner. Trabzon Bashakshi ending 1 1. Galatasaray Bishiktas ending 0 0. And I really think in both cases. Uh, it's it's the lack of a home crowd that's probably played a big factor here uh, in in there not being a winner. Um, let's get to the league leaders, the two league leaders, the joint league leaders first. Jakub, how much of an impact do you see the lack of a crowd have on this match? Do you think that 
Trabzonspor would have won it with a crowd? I mean, I don't know. They we were really abysmal. I don't know if you can all, um, you know, try to explain that without uh, try to explain that on um, the crowd not being there. But obviously, the crowd, um, you know, the Trabzonspor fans are really um, passionate. So it would it would have made a difference. But I don't know if it, if if it would have made a big difference. You know, it. It it was such an it was a weird game to watch. You know, as uh, as Turkish people, we are probably like one of the one of the people that are most um, used to watching games without uh, supporters, because fans tend to do dumb stuff and they uh, tend to get uh, the club fined um, to play without fans. So it wasn't anything new, but it it once again just maybe it's you know the the environment nowadays, the 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 panic, the, the everything that. This game was a little bit too, too weird for me. You know, it was it was unbelievable to watch a game and just hear the players and um, hear the coaches talk and you know hear hear just general stuff. So it was kind of weird. wasn't in my opinion one of the one of the greater games to watch. I know that a couple of people say that uh, it was a good game, but in my opinion, it was a pretty boring game. Um, Pashak Sheer was uh, the better one. Trabzonspor didn't do really much, you know. Um, I think that we still rely too much on individual qualities. And um, I think that a lot of teams have just figured out, you know, Charlotte has been, has been, um, has been, uh, has been without a goal for a couple of weeks now. And I think that uh, teams, teams have figured out that just if you just put a guy on him that marks him pretty much whole game and um, just keep pressing on him, that not a lot happens. And midfield, you know, that I have been saying it for a while. The midfield is horrible. Um, we, he, I think he started with Abdelkader Parmak. I'm not sure of the, of the of the squad anymore. And then he stopped in in the Aya. And then we have the issue with um, Abdelkader Emmer still not, you know, getting mm-hmm. back to his old form and uh, picking a little injury, little injury, which apparently isn't anything big. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't a great game. It was. It was really annoying to watch. It started to piss me off for 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 numerous reasons. And I hope that I was hoping, kinda, that the league was going to be suspended so the teams could at least catch their breath. But um, apparently, we're not doing that. So um, let's hope that Trabzonspor is actually going to you know play as they as we are used to them playing this year. Yeah, it, it's not happening right now, but of course everything can change quickly in a couple in a matter of hours. Uh, on Thursday, we still thought that uh, the matches would be played with fans this weekend, and suddenly they changed. So uh, we never know. Maybe tomorrow or the day after uh, the league gets postponed. Um, but you said Bishakshir was the better side in this match. Do you think that the one-one draw was a just scoreline, or do you think that Bishakshir deserved to win? I mean, they you know Bishakshir just came to the goal once and they scored. Trabzonspor came, uh, didn't also didn't didn't really go to the goal, but um, you know they got lucky with a Skirtel own goal. I think a draw is 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 an accurate um, um, is an accurate end, but you know we we definitely got lucky. Yeah, and how about you, Umut? What did you feel about uh, the Galatasaray Besiktas match? Do you feel that if Galatasaray had their home crowd with them? Uh, the fans could have screamed them forward enough to uh, edge that uh, that one goal in, maybe. 
uh, let me say one thing because uh, one guy uh, in uh, TV made a point about that uh, that without the crowd, without the spectators or the audience, how do you call it, uh, the fans, uh, the game is quite a boring and in the end there's no end product so like uh, we had the uh, one of the worst weeks of the season like uh, we lack goals uh, every game ending nil nil or one one the, or one nil I, yeah lots of yeah, one yeah. nils saturday yeah yeah saturday we, i don't end at one nil i think yeah today only happened two goals uh, by gustape and i don't remember any other games with uh, one, more than one goals do you have uh, no, I, I don't. I think, uh, yeah, well, one ones, uh, of course, you know. No, 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 like just uh, more than one goal for one side. Uh, let me just quickly go over it. I don't think so. Uh, one, one, nil, nil, one, nil, one, nil, one, nil, one, nil, two, nil. Uh, Kasim Pasha Gustepe. And then Ankara Jurizesport, two, one. And Kaiseri Malatia, two, one. Yeah, like, uh, it's not a, like, too many yeah. goals in a game, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, no, for sure, for sure, yeah. So we can directly say that there's a direct uh, correlation, correlation yeah. yeah, with the fans and the quality of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I don't relate the quality of the game by the goals scored, but the end product is also important. So I can tell that uh, it's uh, that we call in Turkish kusur week. Yeah. It definitely so, has an impact, undoubtedly. Uh, but but looking at the match. Uh, looking at how both teams performed, um, do you think that Galatasaray would have had that extra edge necessary to beat Besiktas on the day if they had their home crowd behind them? Yeah, definitely, because uh, that's what happens during the derbies. That's why they are called derbies, because mm-hmm. the uh, crowd is so you know energetic and on your side that it motivates the team the players even though they are doing bad in a situation and they demotivate the others like booing like uh, so uh, it's quite important uh, and I remember the other uh, uh, uncrowded Besiktas Galatasaray derby back in 2007 uh, if you remember it uh, it was uh, due to the Incident happened in Suludarbi in nineteenth uh, of May two thousand seven. Galatasaray was given a five-game home ban uh, that they'll have without a crowd, uh, so no fans allowed during these games. And it was the last game of those uh, punishment games we had in the season of uh, two thousand seven and two thousand eight, and it uh, ended two one. Uh, Galatasaray won and. As I remember that game, uh, I saw Rodrigo Teo's great volley uh, against us by Sardoroskan's assist, and it happened. So uh, it was the first goal Orkunusak conceded that season. Uh, it was in the like uh, seventh week or something. So he kept a clean sheet for seven weeks, and Rodrigo Teo ended it. Uh, so this is the second. Uh, Uncrowded derby we can have for Galatasaray and Besiktas history, and it was quite boring in the end. Like Galatasaray tried to play how they uh, played against uh, 
Sivaspor and Fenerbahçe but uh, because of the uh, demotivation and the slow uh, pace of the game Galatasaray couldn't find a gap and uh, I like how Besiktas defended as well because uh, even uh, I suspected that Tyler Boyd was so uh, you know yeah he was basically the, man marking uh, Marcelo Saracci throughout the match yeah yeah he was so energetic uh, in the defense and he was running and I seen him a couple of times like uh, intervening uh, intercepting the ball and clearing it at the end uh, helping Gökhan Gil a lot and I'm pretty sure that if uh, that was Diaby down there uh, at the start of the game Gökhan Gil uh, would have a really hard time against Henry Onyekuro uh, so but I think I don't even think that Gokhan faced Onyekuro much because Onyekuro was playing more as a second forward trying to, f- to dip into yeah. spaces but that barely happened throughout the match and that's something we saw against Fenerbahce where uh, Galtrai kept, yeah, yeah, he kept was. hurting Fener with, with the Onyekuro's pace and I think that happened once maybe twice in this match um, yeah, because uh, I think Galatasaray uh, had a different shape than the other games. Like, uh, if you uh, see the uh, graphic of the overall positions of the game, uh, you see that Galatasaray actually played like a three-five-two. You know, where uh, uh, Mario Lemina lies between the uh, center backs, and uh, Marcelo Saracci and uh, Mariano lies just uh, on the flanks as a winger not just a, a wing back so uh, and Henry Onyekuru as you stated as a secondary pl- uh, striker so uh, Henry Onyekuru as well so find it a similar chance he had against Fenerbahce uh, again he just uh, uh, find a true ball and but as he's finishing his uh, terrible as these games uh, he couldn't score any of these without just passing the keeper, you know, uh, rounding the keeper. Uh, and it was the same this game again. Uh, as he missed against Altai, he missed against Karius as well, uh, twice actually, because he was denied from... It was a goal line clearance as uh, uh, the Karius's, you know, punch uh, went short and uh, it came to the Onyekuru's foot and he also missed down there too. And... Yeah, it was quite uh, a boring game to watch because there was no chanting. It was all silence, silence, silence. We could hear uh, all the talks being uh, talked during the field, on the field. Like, you can just hear Burak and Janar talking with the referee. I just suspected just Janar uh, talking with assistant. Hey, this ball is not quite uh, you know with the air we can can i change draft like it, it was kind and all like i was just like whoa is this jenner talking yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay well it was a boring match in regards of uh, of that maybe there were some chances not a lot i think uh yeah pretty even uh in terms of uh, opportunities do you think uh, nil nil was an accurate reflection of this match or did you think that either that one of two sides deserved uh, a win perhaps no, because uh, uh, as we're talking, uh, without the same circumstances of the game, uh, which is without the fans, uh, Besiktas defended really well, uh, and they didn't 
attacked too much, to be honest, because the only shot I think they had was the Enkudu's uh, position against Muslera, uh, just on the, uh, you know, inside of the six-yard box. And then uh, a goal disallowed too. Yeah, uh, Burak Yilmaz just uh, went by the defensive line a bit too early, and I don't know if he intended to shoot down there or it was a close uh, miss I think it was a cross di- <laughs> are you sure and I don't know how, I... did you see how Muslera was badly positioned in yeah, that yeah 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 I was really yeah, surprised like, yeah what he's doing and uh, it was Burak Kilmaz uh, at the ball so uh, maybe it you was, have... they know each other really well maybe he did it on purpose you know it looked he, like a cross he, 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 every, every time he talks about Burak he states that the uh, most difficult player he has faced in the Turkish leagues is Burak Dilmas. He played with him, he played against him too many times, so they both know each other really well, and uh, he know his quality. So, mm. I don't know, maybe he thought he was just crossing there. You know, if it was a goal, it was the same thing happened to uh, Fenerbahce down in uh, the Bursa Sports title race. You know, uh, he scored an amazing goal against Fenerbahce in the last fixture of the... That was really a cross from the wings. This was yeah, the box yeah. <laughs> I think it was the day that uh, started Burak Yilmaz's rise, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, with a unintended goal. Yeah, that was when he just left Fenerbahce as well, I think. Like yeah. six months before that or something like that anyway uh yeah so nil nil the correct reflection uh, uh then i i guess you would say yeah. uh, what did you think of the tactical plan from both coaches did fatih terim uh, have a good tactical plan against besiktas or or did you do you think sergan had his number uh sergan uh, dr- uh defended really well and there's one position that uh, uh, you can see besiktas's defensive line uh involves uh, like seven players at the same time, like a, a line with seven players defending Galatasaray. Uh, it was uh, really weird to see how defensive mind set Besiktas has uh, during Galatasaray attacks. But uh, I think it was the intention of Sergei Yalcin to like just uh, you know pull out a goal. I think the, it's what you have to do, though, with all the moving parts that Galatasaray have now, with Sarachi and Honyukuru. And also, you have to uh, be yeah. very aware of those uh, penetrating runs. And yeah, if you and also, uh, I can say that, you know, uh, Galatasaray tried to do the passing game they had against Fenerbahce, but uh, Burak and Enkudu's uh, running around, uh, defending on the final third of Galatasaray's pitch, uh, really affected that, and Muslera couldn't manage to pass it to Donk or Mario Lemina multiple times, so he just kicked it away, and mm-hmm. that disrupted Galatasaray's build-up too many times. And I will say, uh, in the midfield, uh, I was thinking that Belhanda should be uh, playing really well without the fans uh, booing him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he was terrible. Maybe he uh, needs that. Maybe yeah, he needs the he, hate. He was terrible, and he didn't uh, you know contribute to the build-up he misplaced too many passes and uh, so uh, the second uh, half of the game Omar Bayram went in and he was quite better than how Bahanda did and uh, he also found some shots and free kicks that 
found some uh, chances for goals, right? But Falcao as well were, was really ineffective. And I don't know how uh, Fatih makes it, you know. Uh, one day, uh, Adam Buick was playing and suddenly Adam Buick was disappeared and not even a second option. And Florandone comes in for the games. And mm-hmm. how Fatih Terim made the substitutions too late uh, really, you know, uh, angered me. Uh, stressed me because he just waited until the uh, 18th minute to make his uh, second change and he just put Andone in for the 90 plus one. Uh, what do you yeah. expect for man to make just in three minutes? Yeah, true. Maybe one lucky ball hoping on that, I guess. Um, There's a point I, I wanted to make, but I forgot where I was. Oh, yeah, right. So basically with Falcao, of course, he has been acting as a really good lightning rod for uh, Onyekuru, but, you know, Besiktas were pretty effective in, in, in neutralizing the Onyekuru threat. I really only had the feeling that Gal- I was, I really, throughout the match, I, I, I was certain Galatasaray was going to score, but the only way I could see them score was a set piece, and I really felt like they were going to score on either a free kick or uh, a corner or something like that, because that's really what, what, what the only real danger that Galatasaray managed to create, except for, uh, you know, two maybe opportunities for Onyekuru. I think everything came from, from set pieces, pretty much all the danger for uh, for Galtzray. And also, uh, I think Besiktas had uh, a couple of uh, opportunities on set pieces too. Uh, one with uh, with Atiba, I think, where he had it uh, straight at... Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw how dangerous uh, Janar took the corner kicks did that game. Like, he curved it in inside the, uh, you know, six-yard uh, six box. box. yeah. Yeah, I, I never seen Muslera punching the ball that many times in a game. Like he, he's not intended to like punch uh, because mm-hmm. his priority is like just handle it first, you know. So uh, it, it's not secure for Muslera to just punch the ball. But this time, uh, because of Janar's like hard balls in, uh, Muslera had to do it uh, to avoid the danger Besiktas has, and I was just like. Uh, Scared of his balls, but uh, <laughs> no, 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 that's no, what no. she said. <laughs> Stop it, okay. And uh, but his crosses from the uh, left side uh, during the open play uh, wasn't quite accurate, though. Uh, mm. He and Marcel Sarac as well, he was uh, lacking the quality of the crosses as well. And Mariano was not in his day, so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, let's let's move on. Of course, no man overboard with that loss of points for Galtzray because, like we spoke about before, Trabzonspor and Bajekshir played to a draw. So the difference at the top of the table uh, between the numbers 1 and 2, who are both on 53 points, uh, and Galtzray remains just 3 points. Galtzray still faces both Trabzonspor and Bajekshir here. Bajekshir here away. Trabzonspor at home. So they have their fate in their own hands. Galtzray, in theory, if they win everything, they would still be the champions. But, of course, that, that same theory counts for Basakshir and Trabzonspor. Huh? Uh, well, actually, no, it, o- it only counts for Trabzonspor. Uh, because if Trabzonspor win everything and Basakshir win everything, Trabzonspor will be champions, most likely based on goal differential. But you never know, maybe there's an odd 8 nil in there or something for Basakshir to uh, get them over the edge. Uh, anyway, let's uh, move forward then to those other matches in the, those uh, positions for Europe. Uh, we had 
Alanya, uh, is this right? Sorry, we had Antalya Sport taking on Sivaspor yesterday, Monday, uh, and Sivaspor lost in Antalya, so they are letting up the pressure. They had the opportunity to come within one point of the league leaders, but due to this loss, they remain on 49 points, so they are now four points off from the two league leaders. That's not a good deal for them, and of course, Antalya Sport, with that win, they are pretty much guaranteed to remain in the Super League for next season with that, although you never know, it can go quickly at the bottom of the table as we will get to in a little bit and then probably one of the biggest surprises uh, of the match day Konya Sport beating Fenerbahce 1-0 I think if it had been with a crowd we would all have said okay we can see that Konya Sport need to win need the points with their crowd 20,000 plus behind them we could definitely see them get a win against Fenerbahce especially with Bulent Korkmaz at the helm now um, but without fans I think we probably wouldn't have given them too many chances, but Fenerbahce proving again that they are just in a really down period right now. Um, yeah, just everything that can go wrong is going wrong for them at the minute, and they lose against Konyaspor. Konyaspor with that win, get themselves some breathing space at the bottom of the table, which we will get to later in the standings, but a very crucial and important win for Konyaspor, the first win for them under Bülent Korkmaz, and of course, it comes against Fenerbahce, that's a little bit of uh, irony, I would suppose. Uh, yeah. And let's move on to the next one then. In the middle of the table, Denizli Spor beat Gensterili 1-0, which also uh, means pretty much safety for Denizli Spor, who had been slipping in recent weeks, but uh, they have now won back-to-back -back matches, if I'm not mistaken. Really a good result there for Blunt Uygun, who we have been heckling uh, on, on several occasions. But, you know, no, we can't argue with the results here. He has pretty much guaranteed Denizli Spor uh, Super League football next season, if there will be a Super League next season. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, and then did another you, one. Go did ahead. You, did you see the Rodiaga goal, though? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was like from Boston back against the Soviet Union. But uh, yeah, and such it, an unbelievable kick. And it's, it's, it's funny because he had a good start to the season. And then he has been dry for goals. Uh, he's has been on a goal drought for, for, for months, it feels like. And, uh, yeah, he scores a really good one and uh, important one for Denizli Spore here. Um, yeah, let's move over to the relegation zone. This is where it gets interesting. I would say Kasim Pasha with a 2-0 win over Gustepe. Anker Gudju with a 2-1 win over Chaiku Rizespor. That one in particular is important because Rizespor now drop into the relegation zone. And Kayserispor 2-1 win over Malatyaspor. But Malatyaspor stay above the drop-off zone based on goal differential right now. So if we look at the bottom of the table at the moment, I'm going to go over the final three. We have Rizespor at 25 points, Ankaragücü at 23 points, and Kayserispor at 22 points. And then we have just a couple of teams. From 12th to 15, we have Genshterbeli on 28. So they are 
three points above the relegation zone right now. They seemed safe only a couple of weeks ago, but they have uh, not uh, won in a few weeks, I guess. So uh, that that's immediately... Uh, yeah, it's mainly those two, those bottom teams just winning a lot. And then Kazem Pasha now are out of the relegation zone with their win. They are on 26 points, level with Konyaspor also on 26, and Malatya are on 25. So Malatyaspor just... Out of the relegation zone based on goal differential. Konya and Kasim Pasha just a point above the relegation zone. There's, It's really an exciting battle in the relegation zone between... Uh, yeah, let's just see. Yeah, uh, seven teams. Seven teams that realistically could still relegate. Uh, even Antalya Sport aren't out of the woods yet completely. They are on 30 points. So they're five points above the drop-off zone. But with the way they have been playing and have been getting the results... Um, you would imagine they aren't going to go down, but in theory, numbers 9 to 11, which are Gaziantep, Denizlispor, and Antalyaspor, who have respectively 32, 31, and 30 points, they could also go down. And then, of course, we have Gustepe in 8th position with 37 points, so they are definitely safe from relegation. Um, but European football seems pretty much impossible for them at this point, unless uh, we get some European bans or something. Uh, Fenerbahce are in 7th with 40 points that's going to be tough for them too as Besiktas who are in 5th place have 44 points and 6th place Alanyaspor have 43 points and let's look at the top 4 we have Trabzonspor and Basakshi here sharing the number 1 spot so to speak with 53 points of course Trabzonspor are in 1st position based on goal differential head to head is the same as they play to two draws this season, correct me if I'm wrong, Jakub, so that means that it would go down to goal differential, and based on that, if the league would end today, Trabzonspor would be champions. And then, of course, in third position, we have Galtzray at 50, and Sivaspor in fourth on 49, so Besiktas need to uh, close um, a five-point gap on Sivaspor, and Sivaspor have the head-to-head, so Besiktas would basically have to close a six-point gap on Sivaspor to guarantee European football next season. Of course, if Trabzonspor ends up winning the Turkish Cup and ends in the top four, that European ticket would go to the fifth-place team. So the race for fifth, which is mainly between Besiktas, Alanya and Fenerbahce, still is interesting for Europe next season. Uh, but Fenerbahce with a four-point deficit there, and given their current form, they haven't won in seven games. It's looking grim for them. Um, yeah, I basically went over the standings here already, guys. There's not really too much I want to spend time on, but is there anything this weekend that happened that you really want to shine a light on? I guess just a Van Basten goal from uh, Hugo Rodallega. <laughs> He's just resembling two Brack Ilmaz's that Travis goal would just be talking about. Uh, you know? Like, it just went in from the keeper, you know, just above him and just you know, dipped it in. Yeah, the Trabzon goal, do you mean the one he scored against Fenerbahce? Because that was like a cross from... Yeah, but it, it's from the same uh, angle, the same distance kind of stuff, you know? The the, the Burak goal against Fenerbahce, which we're, talk which we're talking about now in 2010, I think. Yes. Uh, it, it, it reminds me more of the John Caru goal for Valencia in the Champions League. Um, but I don't even remember who that was against. But that was also kind of like a cross that mm -hmm. went in at the near post. Uh, but yeah, 
Anyway. Well, there you go. I don't know if he intended to shoot down there as well. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about that relegation zone, guys, because that is getting really, really exciting right now. Um, the bottom teams all picking up a lot of wins suddenly, even Kayseri Spore. And, uh, yeah, seven teams really in the mix for relegation at the moment. Malatya Spore have been in dreadful form. They only have their really good goal-scoring uh, record in the first half of the season to tank for not being in that bottom three right now. But the way it's looking at the moment, I, I can't see them staying out of there for uh, for from for much longer. I, I think next week... Perhaps already they could be dropping down into the bottom three. Um, yeah, and, and then Konyaspor, who probably were on similar poor form, they now have an important win. What do you guys think? How do you guys think this is going to end? Uh, who's going to climb out of that relegation zone and who's going to drop into it? Umut, who do you see going down this season? Kaisersport for sure. <laughs> Really? Uh, Even with their recent wins? I think so, because it's hard to maintain. You know, uh, I've been thinking is they've been in a rise recently, but, you know, all the leagues going to be postponed uh, with probably, you know. Uh, and I think they'll just uh, lost the momentum, you know, lose the momentum at the end. And uh I don't know about Konyaspor uh, because uh, I don't rate Bülent Korkmaz as a coach. Mm -hmm. uh, I have all the respect to him as a player, but as a coach, I don't think he's uh, quality. And I can say Konyaspor is in a danger zone. And, but I can't say anything clearly because all these uh, six teams in the radar, like Kasim Pasha, Konya, Yeni Malatya, Rize, Ankara, Gija, and Kaisersport, have the same chance of uh, relegation. So they're all on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, uh, Jakub? Who do you see going down for sure? I mean, the first thought would be Kayserispor, but as you said, I, I kind of like how they are playing the last couple of days, a couple of weeks. Um, I want to say Rize. I, I really thought that um, with with Unal Kalaman going to Rize, that they were going to play a lot better. They kind of are like the revelation of the league, in my opinion, even though they are <laughs> like in the... In, uh, um, but it doesn't seem that they are doing that well, actually. So it's 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 going to be yeah. a hard battle, and I think that this season, for all its controversial bullshit that happens every week, and mm -hmm. all the uh, you know all the presidents going on TV and talking about stuff, it might have been like one of the most um, enjoyable and uh, yeah, like like battle in recent years. You know, with 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 the top four being there. Um, and, and, and the relegation zone being so, uh, so so nice to watch. What I do know is it's going to be it's going to be fun to see who drops and who stays up. It's annoying to see that uh, both Unal and Mustafa Ristakchay are in in the in the relegation zone. But um, let's hope that uh, whoever deserves to stay up stays up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's a, that's a good uh, note to end that point on. Let's uh, quickly head over to. Uh, the fixtures for next uh, for the next match day, match day 27. Uh, Fenerbahce takes on Kayserispor. 
Gaziantep take on uh, Ankara Guju, so that's uh, interesting for sure. Gaziantep could definitely, uh, with a win there, uh, secure their position in the league next season. Uh, Malatya Sport takes on Kasim Pasha, another interesting match for sure, uh, with major uh, relegation implications there. Siva Spor will take on Denizli Spor, Besiktas will take on Antalya Spor, who definitely uh, not a uh, match to sleep on either, given the form Antalya Spor are in, and given the fact that Besiktas, uh, everyone of course, will be playing without a home crowd, so that could definitely, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Antalya Spor pull off an upset there. Gensterbeli will take on Konya Spor, Riza Spor host Galatasaray, and Riza of course starved for a win, Basakci here takes on Alanya Spor, which is an interesting match as well. Alanya Spor uh, will want to get a result there for their chances at European football next season. And then finally, Gustepe hosts Trabzonspor. So that's the fixtures for match day 27. So let's end that part there, guys. Let's talk a little bit about the coronavirus still because, of course, as we had uh, talked about earlier, all the leagues across Europe have been paused, but Turkey is still going and as we know for now, it will continue to go. Uh, Aolo as well, the Trabzonspor president, after the match, very funnily, in a way, uh, with a with a with a mask on, <laughs> said that the league should continue. Uh, I thought that was pretty hilarious, um, you know. But uh, should the players play maybe with with some uh, mouth masks on too? Then, uh, but no, will the league continue, or do you expect it to be paused sooner or later? Jakub, uh, let's uh, get your opinion first on this. I think that as long as there is not an active player in Turkey that has the virus, um, the, the, the TFF is just going to act like the three, the three monkeys and just ignore anything and everything. Because, yeah. um, you know, not to be not to be grim, um, the last couple of days I have been following it more and, you know, I've been starting to think that it's actually more serious than it is. Yep. And um, the, the health minister in Turkey just announced today that there are like 50 more people that that have the virus in turkey mm -hmm. so you know you 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 kind of have like a doomsday doomsday uh, um scenario in your head with with stuff like this and uh, my mind immediately goes to, to to places like uh like italy and how i would develop there mm -hmm. and how it might have you know influenced uh, the way that life is going to be in the netherlands so you know I honestly, you could put a gun to my head and ask me for a, for a normal, for a reasonable reason to um, to keep the matches being played, and I probably would just not not come up with anything because I really just can't see like anything at all. The 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 teams can't have any fans, so they lose out on revenue. Yeah. Um. The the players aren't happy, so that forces that that makes some horrible games as. Trabzonspor, Başakşehir, and Galatasaray have shown us this last weekend, yeah. and the only thing that we're going to do is just, um, you know, scare people a shit ton of more. So I just can't believe it. You know, I'm I'm used to some stupid stuff from from the federation, but this one is you know starting to take the cake. Mm -hmm. Umut, what do you think? Do you think the league will continue, or do you think in one or two weeks they will have to at least postpone? I think they'll just postpone it uh, tomorrow, you know, because uh, all the games just ended and there's no games to be played for the week. So mm -hmm. uh, I think they just uh, continued it because one team played in 
on Friday. So they uh, continued it so that it will be fair justice yeah. for the other themes as well uh, because one already been played. So uh, you just can't end a week uh, without like yeah. majority of, of the teams hadn't been playing the game. So, uh, but I think I still think the uh, postponing is still a bit late, and we've seen the uh, how. I don't uh, want to give the uh, example of Premier League because I don't think what the hell in uh, English government is doing right now. The UK government and Boris Johnson uh, just they just want the virus to spread out and uh, the people to de- develop an immunity against it. But I don't think that way. And uh, so Premier League is a bad example. But how we seen how uh, Serie A and uh, La Liga. For example, being postponed and Bundesliga as well. The five uh, big leagues has been postponed, have been postponed, but uh, we still have a Super League running for the week. So uh, I think uh, we should be dealing with this case quite a bit earlier. But uh, but UEFA uh, hadn't even intervened for our decisions as well. Then and they played the Başakşehir Copenhagen game with full crowd. And Can you speak a little bit further from your microphone, by the way? Yeah. You're popping a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, UFR also uh, uh, acted quite late in the end as well, because they played the uh, Başakşehir and Copenhagen game quite Still a bit. Still doing it. How? <laughs> uh, I'm, you're, uh, you're, you're popping, you're doing a lot. Oh, I don't know about it. Just uh, the microphone a little bit further from your mouth. Okay. And is it better? Yes, much better. Okay, so they played the Başakşehir game uh, with crowd as they acted late, and so uh, at that uh, day, uh, Mustafa Cengiz uh, fairly asked uh, the TFF to play this game with the crowd uh, because he witnessed the Başakşehir game is still running with a crowd, uh, so it will be fair. But uh, as uh, the TFF persisted. Uh, and uh, about calling the game with the crowd, they suddenly changed their uh, idea and decision to make it without the crowd, uh, without the stand. So uh, with the uh, fair point and fair enough, uh, Mustafa Cengiz opposed to that idea and uh, requested the game to be postponed but all the Besiktas fans were uh, just saying that Galatasaray are crying because they are afraid of us, uh, because they think they'll lose it without the fans, and etc. And I can't handle it because there's a, you know, obvious disadvantage, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because a league is a two-legged. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. Play. So at the first leg. We, we go to Vodafone Park with a full crowd against us uh, to play that hard game and lose. And at the end, uh, in the second game, it was the fair point to have the advantage on our side. And not to mention the uh, income from the game. The uh, uh, gate, gate receipts, yeah. You can call it the gate receipt, the store uh, sales, uh, or the, uh, I don't know, uh, the casual sales in the uh, stadium just you can call it us and that's yeah. the revenue of the game uh, and Mustafa Cengiz fairly is told that uh, we want the game 
uh, as with the spectators so that it will be fair to us but Beşiktaş uh, somehow uh, opposed to that idea but at the end we saw the exact same fans just uh, going to the uh, Umraniye supporters and just uh, sending the team to the game with a massive crowd Mm-hmm. But you yeah. you can't you can't blame Besiktas for the match being played without. Yeah 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 huh? yeah. That's the uh, stupid decisions taken by the TFF and. But is, is it, it's a stupid decision not to postpone the league, but it's not a stupid decision to play without fans. I think I think you have to, uh, if you're going to continue, then that is the only responsible way you can do it. So somewhat responsible, obviously. The best decision would have been postpone the league. So yeah, so yeah, by uh, so uh, by making a point, Mustafa Jenkins also told, uh, told that he has uh, told all the uh, personnel to disinfect all the areas of the stadium <laughs> and uh, invited yes. all the fans to the uh, game. But That's also, you know, uh, it hit me as well. You know, I was uh, planning to go to this game from uh-huh. England and. By that thing it happened, the decision change in uh, on Friday. I had to change my ticket. You know, uh, I, I don't know what will happen to the game to people who who are living in England. Are they uh, gonna be taken to Turkey? Are they gonna be blocked by uh, yeah. you know? Are they gonna going- be put in? Uh- in quarantine. quarantine or something. Yeah. Uh, but okay, let's let's move on because we've been uh, mm-hmm. going off track here. Um, so, what do you guys expect if the league gets ended? For example, like Umut said, tomorrow, what has to happen? Is it a postponement? Is it two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? Is it a month? Is it two months? Do we just end the season? What do we do if we end the season? Do we declare a champion? Do we not declare a champion? What what should be done? Uh, Jakub, let's get your opinion on this first. I honestly don't know because whatever I'll say will sound like um, I'm biased in a way. I'm, I probably am. I'm pretty sure that everyone is. I, I really don't know. Just postpone it, I think. Um as I said, I used to think that it wasn't like a big issue, but then the prime minister went on TV and went on TV and said like, "Okay, you're all going to get it," and that made me a little bit um, anxious. Um, I really don't know. I think that the TFF is at the mo- uh, at the moment is in a uh, between a hard, between a rock and a hard place. Um, the easy decision would be to just postpone it. And then uh, in a month or, or or whatever, if you if you look and uh, the issue is still as large as it is, you just say, okay, we're just you know, screw this, screw this season. We will we'll be starting next year. Nobody is champion. I know that's you know like a um, a kick to the kick to the balls for Trabzonspor fans because you know we're finally doing well and the, the league is you know not counting towards you know anything. But I truly think that the most, you know, the the, um, the, the smart decision would be to, to just um, postpone the league, and after the postponement, to keep keep a watch on the public and and whatever the health minister says and and what happens in the world, and depending on what happens and how the virus develops and you know develops in Turkey and around the world, 
you decide to either you know cancel everything or um if it's just a fad and we 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 find like a cure between now and like a month and everything is okay and in two months you just go ahead and restart it what about you what what do you think uh in this situation in these different situations continuing postponing um yeah who should declare a champion not declare a champion no man that's <laughs> that's never the case because uh, you we still have like uh, around nine eight eight, yeah, eight weeks to go so uh, that could change everything and we just have uh, three points differences mm -hmm. uh, between the first one and the third one so that would be quite unfair because there's a game between them as well, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And so that would be quite unfair. And I'm quite uh, angry about how the things screwed up, get screwed up when Liverpool is just about to grab the title. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's just the doomsday. I heard a good joke about it. Uh, the two things that can stop Liverpool from uh, winning a title: a, a deadly virus and Demaba, or Gerard, <laughs> because Gerard <laughs> slipped and gave yeah. it to Demaba. Yeah. He doesn't have any title. Like, but but I'm, in I'm... England, in England, I think you can. I mean, in England, if they would stop the league, I think there's an obvious de facto decision. Liverpool champions. There, there's no sane person could object to that. In Turkey, like you said, yeah, like, yeah, there's a yeah. twenty point difference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and in Turkey, you have two point, two teams on level points. Yeah, and you have a team just three points behind. So you can't say, okay, look, we're gonna finish it here. And we're also, gonna make, you know. Also, I have to mention that in the uh, championship of England. Uh, there's Leeds United to be the champions with uh, Marcelo Bielsa, and uh -huh. he had the chances to uh, just you know go to the Premier League. But similar to the how Liverpool have uh, happened, uh, it's just happened to Leeds United as well. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, there's also uh, one thing that came out. Uh, De Acha, uh floated the rumor that there might be a playoff. Uh, being played between the top mm -hmm. seven. I, I don't uh, think so because that was the, debunked it though. It's but not, yeah. yeah, it's not quite ideal to change the rules while the game is running. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, sorry. Of course, of course. Plus, I mean, if you look at it, it's not. I think if you're, let's say you do a playoff, if you are forced to do that, then I think you have to go for the teams that are within reason realistic title contenders, and I, then I think you look at the top four. Because the top four are separated by four points. If you go to number five, which is Besiktas, that's already nine points back. I think nine points in eight match days, okay, it's definitely doable. But it's not It's not a likely scenario. The likelihood of that is, is, is not high. And <laughs> number seven, Fenerbahce, who are 13 points back... Don't think that's a very likely scenario either. I, I tweeted about this on, on Twitter, of course, and I had a Fenerbahce fan tell me, "Well, everyone who still has a mathematical chance should be in the should be in a playoff." I said, "Okay, so then up to number ten has to be in it because they are, you know, up to the Nizli Spore still have a chance to win the league, mathematically speaking." And he said, "Yeah, of course, of course, uh, you know, 
Uh, Fenerbahce did it uh, in 2010-11. They were 11 points back and or 13 points back, and they won the title. You know, oh, of course, yeah, 17 games. You know, a little bit of uh, yeah stuff on the side, and you know, I mean, that's different. I mean, this is eight games. If you're going to go to something like that, I think you have to be realistic and just look. Okay. These teams still have a realistic chance. Let's let the, let them do it between those two. Or so. I don't think that's an ideal scenario, obviously. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's a crazy world, really, where we live in. And right now, everything seems uh, nothing is clear right now. Like Umut said, maybe tomorrow they declare the, the league to be postponed. Um, I, do you really expect them to do that, though, Umut? Uh, yeah, because uh, I think they'll just uh, waiting for the match days to end, so mm. uh, there will be no regard, no no thing to uh, block them in this regard because just yeah. because of the the, days... the the match day twenty one match that had to be played still, and now of course everyone is on twenty six matches, and maybe they can say, okay, look, we're gonna put a put a stop in it, we're gonna pull the plug for a bit here, or we're just gonna put it in sleep mode. So to speak. Awkward silence. I mean, you have you have like a lot of a lot of footballers. I I I've seen um, statements from um, Cedric Shahin. I've seen statements from Oljan that doesn't even play football, but whatever. Uh, yeah, Oljan, he likes to chime his light, huh, Oljan. <laughs> yeah. So you know, the, nobody nobody's happy with it. Of course, you have the thing with uh, with uh, Mikel. Uh, Obi Mikel, and then you had you had you even had like Falcao saying on on uh, Obi Mikel's uh, post that that he was right and that you know football shouldn't have been played at all. So the the league's stance is is pretty pretty accurate, um, pretty pretty um, pretty, pretty pretty defined. You know they 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 don't want to play. I just really don't understand the the reasoning between. Um, in, in the reasoning in the t- TFF to to really play the games, I don't even think it's a monetary issue. Some people were saying stuff like, "Okay, they're going to, uh, if they if they don't postpone the league, they're going to show the matches um, free of charge," which obviously doesn't happen. And I don't know, maybe because you know, with 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 all the deaths uh, and 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 all the people that caught it today, maybe. That pushes them over the edge, you know. It could be that what um, what Umut said that they just wanted to play this match week and afterwards do it. But I really don't have any um, any trust in the TFF to do any reasonable thing. Yeah, I guess I'll uh, just have to hurry up and put this episode uh, online so that uh, tomorrow is tomorrow. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I think we we spoke about pretty much everything we had to cover. It's uh, it's been a weird episode, and it's a weird time, of course. Uh, don't forget to stock up on plenty of toilet paper, people. <laughs> is it is it the case with you guys in your local supermarkets that the the toilet paper aisle is just plundered? Yeah, like when I was in Aldi in Hatfield, uh, the all the hygienic items were just uh, gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, two days straight here, uh, no toilet paper in the stores. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, la- you can t- you can just uh, use money, your money to do yeah. the job. Yeah, pro- yeah. If you have cash, you know. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't even carry cash. I never carry cash. So 
<laughs> you can I use, mean, I, you I'm, can I'm, just swipe I'm your credit card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm happy that my mom is a person, you know, that all already bought like a, a shitload of things before anything happens. That's just the way she is. So yeah. we already had a lot of stuff. And um, I remember buying, she, she went to Turkey and came back like two or three months ago. And there was like toilet paper uh, on sale. So I told her like, you know, maybe we will need this stuff. So we have like 80 rolls or something enough to get us through the yeah. following years. It's, it's weird though that people are hamstring toilet paper, I feel. Like I can get food, I can I understand that too, you know. I I get that, but toilet paper really? Do you do? You, I mean, there's people with 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 carts full of toilet paper, like, you know, like you said, like a year supply. <laughs> Where do you put all that toilet paper? I mean, it's pretty much like pe people see other people doing it, and they're like, oh, so they do it, so I must yeah, yeah, yeah. do it because it must have a reason why people are going aphid over it. Yeah, because um, because some now now of course you start a vicious cycle because now everyone is like, oh shit, there's no toilet paper. Two days, two to three days in a row, and then when there is toilet paper, they're just gonna they're just gonna take all the crap, you know. I mean, I went I went to the store. Um, you know, I, I I take I take a walk these days and go like look at different stores and how they look and what the situation is, and like the the the, the, the local grocer is pretty much empty. Um, there are no fruits and vegetables because um, the government shut down all the open markets, so you can't get it on the market. You have to go to the stores. Um, people are just buying pretty much everything. I can't find any milk. I can't find any mm. soap. I can't find any, you know, anything. And it's 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 one one you know one kind. It's funny, but the other the other way. I for some reason keep thinking of. Uh, of the, of of the Simon Pegg movie, um, Shaun of the Dead. For whatever reason, every time yeah. I go into a <laughs> into a into a supermarket, so let's hope it just yeah, yeah, slows yeah, yeah, over. Yeah. It's it's very much like those zombie movies, you know, like the how the outbreak starts, uh, Fear the Walking Dead, um, that kind of stuff. Uh, Twenty eight days later, uh, <laughs> yeah. Imagine if this was a zombie virus. Dear God, I don't even I don't even have a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone in Europe have a shotgun, though? I I don't know. I don't think so. You know, if we were in the U.S., we could just you know go to our neighbors uh, and pray it from their cold dead hands. Or well, I guess if there was they were zombies, then we could just anyway. Uh, going a little off track here. Anyway, people, we really want you to stay safe. Please don't be uh, you know because this, seeing this kind of stuff too, which really pisses me off, is like young. People going, oh, you know, they're closing the bars tomorrow, so tonight we're just gonna have a big ass party and stuff like that. And like here in Belgium, we had, oh, you know what, they're they're closing the restaurants, so we'll just all go to Holland and go to the restaurants there. Yeah, and which is retarded because, of course, you idiots in Holland, you you're not even quarantining, so you're just you know spreading it like wildfire. Um. <laughs> yeah, you're bringing dumbness over here. Yeah, yeah. No, well, you know what? I mean, sometimes I can really understand why uh, you, uh, the Dutch, call the Belgians dumb. Uh, we definitely have our fair share of those. Um, but yeah, no. For those of you listening to this, of course, you know, don't take any unnecessary risks. Uh, think of your your parents. Think of your grandparents. You may not become very ill, but you don't want to lose a loved one too early. That's one of the worst. You know, it's 
probably the worst thing that could ever happen in a person's life, which we all have to face. At some point, we will lose our loved ones. Well, damn, this is taking a grim turn. But, you know, don't, don't let it not happen too early and we can avoid that by just you know respecting what uh the authorities are are asking us to do don't go out unless you have to go to the store get food keep distance from people you know just take like one or two meters away from 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 random folks um yeah and just if you have the chance to stay at home stay at home play fifa play call of duty play I don't know, go to you porn or RedTube or whatever you want to do. Just don't go outside, uh, you know, congregating with 30 other people, you know. You can go into your garden, you can go walk your dog, or just keep to yourself, you know. Like, this one of these memes has been going around, like, our grandparents had to fight in a war, all you have to do is stay at home and sit on your ass or something like that. <laughs> I think I think it's it's it's... It's it's funny, but it's, it's it's a fair point. They're not asking. It's not too much to ask, I think, to just stay indoors if possible, or stay at home uh, for for a little while. And uh, I know we're not a PSA, but <laughs> anyway, I wish you all the best of health, and I hope uh, everyone gets through this without having to uh, say goodbye to anyone uh, dear to them uh, too soon. So uh, on that note, uh, yeah. All the best. Stay healthy. Stay home. Stay home. Let's hope that we have something to talk about next week. Love you guys. Take care. Take care.